Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Pictures Power. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm host underscore Bartek.exe. <laughs> has stopped work, has, has stopped responding, yeah. Um, <laughs> and refuses to close, open task manager. <laughs> and the task manager is you, listening people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are doing our show Pictures Powwow, our weekly show in which we talk about movies that have come recommended. Uh, the recommendations, whether they be from myself, Bartek, or you, the listening people. Uh, Bartek, this week is a recommendation from yourself. Yes, it is. Um, what movie did you recommend? The movie that I've recommended for this episode is The Terminator. The Terminator? The one and only. Not just Terminator? The Terminator? No, because that's the title, The Terminator. The Isn't it weird to you, it's called The Terminator? Yeah, I know. I always call it, like, Terminator, Terminator 1, but no, there's a the there. It's The ter- Don't get it confused, like, it's not Terminator, it's The ter- the Terminator. It's There's only one, it's The One. Like, this was going to be the only one, like, mm-hmm. in the series, there wasn't going to be others. <laughs> It's like if Alien was called The Alien, you know what I mean? Or yeah. Predator was called The Predator. Like, you can... Okay, we're, we're critiquing the title already, but um, you recommended this, so obviously you have some attachment to this, but before we get into that, listening people, if you have not seen The Terminator and and or any Terminator film, I'm just going to put a blanket warning on that. I mean, we won't discuss anything major, but like, you know, like talking about the first Terminator will bring talk of others in the series naturally, I do believe. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen those films, I mean, good luck. <laughs> like, keep living life, I guess. I don't know, but we're going to be talking about spoilery stuff. So you've had your time. It's the Terminator. If you haven't lived in the world and seen pop culture happen, then um, I guess like, you don't know anything about it. Huh? It's like me and Alien, though. Yeah, but you know stuff from Alien. Yeah, a little bit. Like if someone said to you, "Oh, a chestburster," you wouldn't be like, "What's that?" Ah, space balls. Yeah, you've seen Spaceballs, or you've seen references, and yeah, like for Terminator, if you've seen The Simpsons once, you've seen, like if you've seen The Simpsons at some point, you've seen a Terminator reference. Um, I think a Principal Skinner. <laughs> yeah, I was too. You can't. Uh, oh, there is a T one thousand reference with uh, Homer in the in the when he's best friends with Ned Flanders, and he's got the golf clubs, and he like hooks on to the car. That's a T one thousand. That's a T two reference with T one thousand. All right. Yeah. Or when he fades through the hedge, it's very reminiscent of when the T one thousand fades through the bars. Mm. Um, we're not talking about Terminator Two, Judgment Day. We're talking about the Terminator. So Bartek. Why did you recommend this? What's your history with this? What's your f- relationship with this movie? Tell us all. So this is a film that uh, my mum genuinely loves, so that's why I ended up seeing it. Um, so Isn't a lot that of the reason you see any movie, uh, mummy. In in terms of ones coming out that she wants to see, that is a big factor in it. But this is one that she saw like in cinemas. Uh, way back in 84 and has like a lot of stories about it so um yeah when I was old enough I think maybe 
think maybe it was late primary school she got me into it. I saw the three films uh, that were out at the time, and I genuinely liked them a lot. Um, and I've seen... I've seen all of them multiple times, don't quite remember the third one very well, but the first two definitely um, I have a lot of attachment to, and I've always been like jumping back and forth between which one I like more, but in all honesty, it's sort of like this duology thing, I can watch either one. That is the eternal question that, you know, you will piss off people if you say, if you like the first one and you don't like the second one, or like vice versa, like it's one of those things where it's like people have their camps, I'm a T2 camp person, people. I like T Terminator 2 more. But, um, so, yeah. My history with this is I've seen it many times. Um, not as many as uh, T2. But that's just me, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to think what to say. The Terminator is one of those movies that I've probably seen, like, seven or eight times, while... Terminator 2, I've probably seen upwards to, like, 40 times. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was always on TV. Now, Bartek, as, as we've talked about on the show before, you were never one to watch TV when growing up, really. Like, whenever I brought up things that were on Australian television, you were like, I, I, I don't know that. Like, I never watched The Mummy, Ryan, or Jumanji, or all these classic things that were on Australian TV, like, every year, like, three times a year. And Terminator 2 was always on. Different cuts of it. Sometimes I would show you the director's cuts. Sometimes they would just put on the normal cut. Sometimes they would have it edited down for TV. No matter what, always watch it. But never did they really play Terminator, because the Terminator was an R-rated movie at the time. Now it's an M-rated movie, which is interesting. Like, I have a Blu-ray copy, and it's rated M. Yeah, I've got DVD, and it's M. Um, but it has, as a warning on my DVD, it has, you know, mature themes, violence, and a sex scene. Like, it clarifies yeah. it's just one. I'll, should I quickly check what my DVD says? Uh, if you like. Okay, <laughs> bye-bye. While Bartek's doing the DVD checking, um... Yeah, with the with the Terminator series in general, I've also seen those first. I've seen the the I've seen the first four, and then after Salvation, I gave up, and it seems like that was a good decision to make, from what I understand. I don't think I've met anyone who genuinely loves Star. Uh, I was gonna say Star Trek Terminator Genesis. Or I've not heard a single person really talk about Terminator Dark Fate, which came out recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, medium level violence, medium level coarse language, low level sex scene. Well, I got a sex scene, so thank you. Um, so Bartek, we'll talk about the Terminator, but just talk about the series. Um, so you haven't seen any past the Terminator Rise of the Machines? Um, I've seen Salvation, but I haven't seen Genesis or Dark Fates. Uh, it's just Fate. It's not Fates. It's oh, okay. just Dark Fate. Terminator because, the Dark Fate. Because, you know, our fate is what we make of it, you know? Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what do you feel about the Terminator franchise as, as, a, as a whole beast? Especially when you go back to just what the Terminator. Because, to me, the Terminator stands is just like it was clearly just to be one film. It was never meant to be a universe, but here we are. All these decades later, and there's a cinematic and television universe. Yeah, the trivia really gives a lot of details about how it was main, mainly just going to be one film, but James Cameron had ambitions um, that he didn't he manage loves to meet. Money. 
you didn't manage to meet with this film, and a lot of those ideas carried on to the second. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember seeing Salvation in the cinema and not really being very phased by it in much ways. It didn't have really, you know, like a wow factor. as Because when you have a modern day setting and you have these things from the future, there's an instant factor of like, damn, modern day, you know, sensibilities, mm. technology have to go up against this thing that most people won't believe exists. And then Salvation's like, nah, it's set during the war. And it's all drained of colour and people are miserable and Christian Bale's shouting all the time. It was yeah, all... because because the lights weren't being <laughs> worked on. Uh, and it was directed by Mick G, director of Charlie's Angels. Um, okay. Yes. So, but we're not talking about those. Uh, yeah, the Terminator franchise is weird to me because I think I hate it. Because um, <laughs> those first two movies... Like, the first movie, when you watch it, it's clear that it should just be this. And the second movie does some, you know, pulling a rabbit out of its butthole trick of making it so that we can have a second movie. But there comes a point where the Terminator franchise just has kept going, but also it has been so ingrained in pop culture to me in a bad way, or at least in a very obnoxious and an annoying way. Not just references, but, you know... Whole genres of film have now been invented that are just ripping off the Terminator movies, and I kind of, kind of hate it. Honestly, like I still watch the first two movies and I enjoy them as movies, but when I start to think about them as a thing that has affected the world, I'm like my brain just gets a little bit cross about it because I'm just like this. There's more bad stuff that has been generated because of the Terminator franchise than good, in my opinion. But that just may be me. I don't know if you have any opinion on that, Bartek. I mean, you live in the world. You play video games. You play, you know, you watch movies and shows. You, you've you seen how the, they've been affected by these films. What do you think? Um, I mean, I noticed the references. Uh, what What do you mean in terms of, uh, like, actual cliches and stuff, though? Like... You know, the classic, there's so many Terminator. There's a period of time where Terminator and Mad Max were easy to rip off. So you have your sleazy b-grade c-grade movies but you have those classic like oh it's a it's a machine that's come to kill them and they it cannot be stopped or bargained with and and you know or it looks like a person but it's not actually a person it's an evil mo like alien mad max and terminator are three things that generated a whole bunch of stuff of ideas that have just kept going and going and going <laughs> in pop culture and in movies and tv shows all this kind of stuff and just for me it's just like ah oh, it makes me tired it well evidently <laughs> evidently i i'm not being tired by it no no evidently not you're too much into your animes um uh, <laughs> so let's talk the terminator 1984 yes 1984 yes, yep um so what are your thoughts on it before having to rewatch it again for this and what are your thoughts now having to rewatch it for this uh it had been 9 years since i'd last watched it so i was very much looking forward to watching it again and then when i rewatched it again i had a good time what about it really stuck out uh, well, I guess the thing that sticks out about it is the thing that I think makes it stick out compared to even Terminator 2, the fact that it is just this very 
raw and to the point uh, film about a normal woman who is in danger from this machine that cannot be stopped. And it's basically this like horror film, very raw horror film where you're just trying to survive against this thing. And that thing is Schwarzenegger. Um, do you prefer good guy Schwarzenegger or bad guy Schwarzenegger? I mean, I grew up on the Terminator to the point where I think that was the only thing I'd seen of him growing up. Uh, whenever I saw him in something else after the fact, and hearing him talk in what is, I guess, his normal voice, you know, not monotone, it, it always seemed a bit odd to me. Um, in terms of it, he's... He's definitely more menacing when he's a bad guy, but there's a lovable lovability about him uh, when he does mm. play a good guy. Because, you know, in T2, he's a good guy. Spoiler yeah. alert. And, you know, like you've said, you're, you, you, you're, you're, you're in that balancing act of which one do you like more? And it's like, well, T2, he's a good guy. And that was like the, the, the interesting spin in that movie is he's a good guy. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking of his whole filmography. I wasn't thinking just T one T two. No, but that's that's true. Like honestly, when I think of Schwarzenegger, like I can't think of too many overt villain bad guy roles. Like this is the one that springs to mind. I, I like I know there are people out there going, "Oh, what about this role?" But like I think this is most the uh, the most iconic bad guy role he's played. And mm. then for the rest of the time, he's the hero, like yeah, in Predator the... or Commando or Jingle All the Way or, or stuff like that. In the trivia I was reading, it was saying that his agent was almost really against him doing this film because he shouldn't be playing villains. So maybe that sentiment somehow stuck around. Now, Martek, I watched this on glorious Blu-ray and it was really great because in Blu-ray on a big TV, you could see Schwarzenegger's dick. And he's <laughs> walking up towards the Bill Paxton uh, gang, unlike in the older one where it's like, oh, you can kind of see it in the in Glorious Blu-ray, you just see his junk full on, and it's it was like, too dark for me. And it wasn't too dark for me. <laughs> it's just weird stuff like, oh, the gloriousness of high def gives you Schwarzenegger dick in the. I heard, I heard that it also lets you see his eye when his eye should be missing in the I'll be back shot. Um, I didn't really notice that. Uh, can we talk about the I'll be back? Because okay. that's the most iconic thing in Schwarzenegger's whole entire career, and it's in this movie. Does it still work for you? Like, like when you watched it the first time, did you already know about it? Because I, I watched, when I watched Terminator for the first time, I'll Be Back was already a thing known to me. So I've always wondered for myself what it would have been like to have seen that moment and not have any exposure to that moment like would that i'll be back moment be genuinely badass if i have not seen it regurgitated into in everything um to answer your first question i saw the film almost 20 years after it was made so i definitely knew the line i think walking in that was like the one thing i did know about it um in terms of its impact it's not really meant to be played as, like, a badass thing, I don't think. I mean, it's just a very understated thing that makes you question, like, oh, why, why is he leaving? And then <laughs> the follow-up is the, the realisation of, like, oh, that's what he meant. So, I, I, I don't I know. know. I, think... I think it is pretty badass when he does the inspecting and then he just leans forward and says it in a very demanding fashion and then just walks out and then he just devastates him with a car. I mean, it's the same purpose he delivers all his lines with, so I don't think it's really meant to stick out. I mean, the line wasn't intended to be 
you know, this huge, you know, pop culture phenomenon. No, but I think it was intended, from my understanding, to be a significant line because Schwarzenegger, rightfully so, demand like was like, oh, wouldn't it be I will be back because he's a yeah. robot? And James Cameron was like, no, 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 no. No, no. I don't tell you how to act, so don't tell me how to direct or whatever. Yeah, classic James Cameron. Um, and, you know, here we are. But do you think it has, like, I know what you're saying, but now it's been regurgitated so many times, like, where in the regurgitation, it's a badass line. Um, does it? Like, I, I don't know. Like, when I see the scene, I'm just like, yeah, it's still pretty cool, but... The franchise itself has shit on that line so hard that it's a joke. Like, I swear in the newest movie, apparently he says, I won't be back. <laughs> that's very on the nose. Yeah, well, in that movie he installs drapes, but that's another time. That's the story for another time. But, um... It, it's, I'm intrigued. Like, it, it, you're intrigued, are you? No, you're not. <laughs> Schwarzenegger installing drapes as a, T1, a T-800, yeah. Um... He's not a T he's not a T eight hundred in this, is he? He's a different model, right? They do, they give some weird like serial code thing because Carl Reese alludes to the fact that an older model of his was the T six hundred, but he doesn't tell us what exact like T whatever he is. I think he did. I swear he was like this model is the T one oh five something like that. I can't he remember. Had, he had some other sort of serial code for him. I think some like production thing that's mm. meant to be distinct from it. I, I don't know. It was interesting, but yeah, for me, the iconic I'll be back, it's so annoying how much it's been spewed into my face that when I do see it, it doesn't really have any impact to me. What does make an impact to me is the following sequence of him murdering all the police in that station. That has more yeah. of an impact to me than I'll be back and then he smashes with a car. But well, that's... Yeah, it's iconic scene versus iconic line. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of wish that sometimes things can settle down so that they're still great when you see them. Um, that's one of those. Uh, Schwarzenegger has that in his whole catalogue, all these badass moments or weird-ass moments because he has a funny accent. The classic, get to the chopper in Predator. It's just a scene in Predator, <laughs> but now it's like this iconic stature of a scene because it's been mocked and imitated so much. This is the scene where the thing happens. Um, I've, yeah, like I said, I've probably seen this movie seven or eight times, and it's always interesting to come back and see it, because I'm so familiar with Terminator 2, so it's always quaint to come back and see this movie. Um, it's quaint because all these ideas, like you said, James Cameron had ambitions that he couldn't meet at the time because he was a new filmmaker, he didn't have a big budget, and it's a weird idea, and they didn't know if it was going to work. And... It's quaint. Like, the Terminator vision is really quaint in this. Like, they don't use the Terminator vision until very late in the movie. And him mimicking voices and, like, all these things that the Terminator itself can do as well as the iconic things of the franchise. Like, I forgot that um, when Schwarzenegger transports in, like, when he arrives, he doesn't have what I consider the more iconic... Um, the sphere. The sphere and like yeah, the, the imprint on the ground and the red and it's red hot. I forgot. I was like, Oh, they don't have the, the classic sphere thing. They have the mm. ball of lightning happening, but uh oh no no red hot ground underneath. Okay. 
Well, when a character nearby says what the hell in a low voice twice in a row, then this fear doesn't happen. Can we talk about how corny the extras were in this fucking movie? <laughs> what the hell, goddamn son of a bitch? He stole my pants! <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Or, um, yeah, there's so many corny extras and background people. Like, there's a scene where Sarah Connor's wanting to use a phone the first time she hears about the second Sarah Connor being murdered and she phones up her apartment. And there's just a guy standing behind her looking at her and it's supposed to be, like, in the background... Him looking at her is supposed to be a bit intimidating, but it's just like a random guy, and he does yeah, all this weird that. acting where he's like looking at his watch, and he's <laughs> like he's acting. Um, so we both like this movie a lot. Still, is the feeling. What about this movie? Do we love? Is the thing like you talked about these horror elements, and that was you. That was a fun little thing for you this time round. But like, what about it really sticks with you? Is it like, is there certain ideas or images or scenes or characters that really just stick with you with this with this film? Um, definitely. I think the the lead three are all very good: Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and the Terminator. Hmm. Mm. And what about those characters? Well, I guess the big thing with uh, Sarah Connor especially is that she is so distinct and disconnected from the entire uh, future plot as we know it. And we have that drilled into our heads from the fact that she's just this, you know, waitress. She's got her friends. Some of them have, like, kind of douchey cliches, but they're not, like, played up to, you know, hate her or anything. So it feels like, you know, she's a very normal person, uh, yeah. people she loves. She's got a little... She, she has a boyfriend on the side who's a bit of a dick. She's got a pet. She, she's got a life that's completely normal, and within the span of not even a full day, it all gets turned around on her, and it's not even like the world changes. It's just that there's something in the world that's after her. And she knows the world will change, and then that leads her to be a paranoid nut job in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think there's that journey of having uh, an imminent threat happening to a, a normal person, and it's even more effective that she's just a normal, regular woman. She's She's not even that good of a waitress. She's just a person. And you're watching her fall in love, learn the truth, and eventually defeat the Terminator. And it's a very satisfying journey and arc. And, you know, the Terminator, he's not really a character. He doesn't really have any character to him. He's just a thing. And we, because he's Schwarzenegger, and it helped kind of be one of the things that make made him, like this and, 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 and Conan the Barbarian, um, you know, this kind of helped make him, and I think in retrospect, we add, uh, at least for me, in retrospect, you add more characterization or more stuff to him because we know who Schwarzenegger is now. But when I actually watch the movie, he doesn't like, he's just, he's there because he's a big guy. Like, that's what he's there for. Like, he's a big dude. He doesn't really have any character to him. He's just a big threat, but it's more the idea of what he is in this film that makes it work. Mm. Because this is what I love. It's it's a simple idea. What if a thing 
from the future came back to kill you so that the future can be altered for the benefit of the thing wanting to kill you. I think that's a great idea. It's a and you know this thing just happens to look human but it's a killing machine. That's yeah, what and I as, love. Yeah, and as a little addition to that when you have the scene of Carl Reese, you know, first explaining to Sarah that it's a machine and all of these things like every single line just reinforces the simplicity of the film while also emphasizing how serious it is. Exactly right. And that's what's brilliant about this first film. And I think this is what people may like about the first one over the second one is it's very simple in a good way. Like, like the mad, like how people really enjoyed Mad Max Fury Road or the Mad Max movies is they're simple, you know, go from A to B. This is, you know, thing it's a cat and mouse game this thing's chasing me and i'm running away from it and that's the story well the second one and the third one and fourth one and fifth one and sixth one it all becomes more complicated they're exploring the time travel issues or the sci-fi-ness of him being a terminator robot and you know what is humanity is being explored well in this one there is none of that you can't bargain with him he's not going to budge he's just going to kill you he's going to kill everything in your in its way and that's it the story and it's very, very fun to watch it just be so simple, especially when, like I said, it's been decades now and there's been so much expanded universe crap, other mm. movies, a TV show, books, comics, whatever, games, that just complicate this what was a very simple premise. Thing wants to kill you. That's all it is. That's all this movie is. And that's why it's okay that Schwarzenegger doesn't have much of a... A character, he what he does have is presence. That's what's important. He has a presence to him. He doesn't have much of a character, but that's fine. That's not what this movie needs. It's like if in uh, you know, the Halloween movies, it's, it would be weird if Michael Myers had a weird kind of character to him. In that, he's just like a guy who likes to kill you, and maybe he'll do it in a funny way, but that's about it. Mm. Um, and that's what I love about this movie, is it's just pure, raw simplicity. That's the best thing about it. And I do prefer the second one because I do like the the complications of it. I do like the the fact that it's expanding these ideas and exploring them more. And also the action is 10 times more interesting because that is more of an action movie. While this is more of, like you said, a horror movie in terms like you see a lot more gruesome stuff. Like he punches through a guy. The Terminator itself gets really messed up in a humanistic kind of way. Like, it's rotting and losing its eye and stuff. Yeah, and you they murder the police. That's pretty brutal. You know, all like, 30 cops. Yeah, all of them. Isn't that great? Mm. <laughs> um, and that's what I, I, you know, I love about this. And, um, okay, here's a question for you. Is this film dated in a bad way for you? In any parts? Like, in a bad <clears> way? <throat> Um, honestly, I don't think so, no. I think you got special effects that today's standards you go, Ugh. Oh, right, right, the, the, the stop motion hmm. uh, robot at the end. And when he changes his eyeball and stuff like that, uh, there's, there's stuff like that that you go, look, that's bad, and it has dated the film and probably wasn't even that great at the time. And that's fine, because... You know, it's a cheap movie. You know, it's a simple movie. And you just have to get over it. And if you can't, then that, you know, then this isn't for you. 
I think the film is very dated in a good way. This is very 80s. The music, the clothes, the attitude, the filmmaking, the budget, the look, all this stuff is very 1980s. Schwarzenegger looks very 80s, his hair, all this stuff. But that's what's so charming about it. It's, it's, a, it's a part of the look. It's a part of the feel. Its datedness is a quality to admire about it. There are some films that are timeless, and some films that are dated, but that's a part of the charm. It's like when you watch an old 1950s movie. They feel like they're old 1950s movies, but that's a charm, and there's nothing wrong with this feeling like an uh, like an 80s movie, and that's very retro and in the now. The 80s, well, and it was it was an intentional thing because this film was made from a 2029 perspective of what the 80s was like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you saw the footage at the beginning, right? Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, <laughs> smartass. Um, was it 2019? I thought it was 2027. When he says it oh, in the interrogation I said, room. I said 2029, but if it was 27, then I was wrong. You're wrong. I can't remember, but... um, What other things do you want to talk about or explore or mention, Bartek? Um, one thing that I did notice this time around was that even though Carl Reese and the Terminator are not that different in size, their clothing uh, helped emphasize a difference between them, where Schwarzenegger had clothing that was a bit too small for him, and Carl Reese had clothing that was a bit too large for him, so it really gave them the, like this contrast. I love that, <laughs> that the Terminator was like, give me your clothes, all that. And he wore the gloves, even. The little gloves. Like, <laughs> why did he need those? Like, the rest... So you won't leave fingerprints. But they were fingerless gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes them off, and then he puts them, puts them back on. It's great. Um, I was reading in the trivia that apparently his first uh, interaction in the film was going to be with... Um, with like an old lady who sees him and he's naked and powerful and she gets afraid. So she puts her car into reverse, bumps into something, then puts it in drive. But in that uh, process, Schwarzenegger gets to her. And apparently when he gets into the car, he does the exact same thing, like puts it in reverse, puts it in drive. So maybe, maybe there was meant to be like a thing of he's still learning how to behave human as the film goes on. So maybe he thought, like, oh, well, I have to wear all the clothes. I, I don't know. Maybe that was it. I mean, he was learning how to speak. Yeah. And in the second film, we get an expansion where he actually talks about how he's a learning computer and stuff. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, that is true. And th those are little nuggets that I enjoy. Him learning how to speak. Those things do give him a bit of character, but they're not explored upon very much. I like that his eyebrows burn off after he runs through fire. Hmm. Yeah, and, and nice with, with the whole yeah, with the whole character thing, like it's, it doesn't really give him character because we're shown like the mechanics behind it, like oh, this is what I'll say to make myself appear human, like the fuck you asshole thing, like he has yeah, a list yeah. of options and he picks that one, <laughs> which was neat. <laughs> um, I love that touch. Um, I love that he just had a little apartment that he found <laughs> so he could <laughs> hang out. Obviously, he murdered the guy there, but I like that he had it. Um, his little, his little uh, bachelor pad. The Terminator hideout. 
Um, let's talk about the cops. They were personal favorites of mine. I love mm. those two guys, uh, Lance Henriksen and uh, Paul Winfield. Uh, they were fun. I love those two. I love Paul Winfield and how much uh, how much he dismisses anytime Lance Henriksen speaks. Basically, he's mm. like, "Yeah, shut up." <laughs> like, you could clearly tell like they they're colleagues, but they don't like each other very much. Or at least Paul Winfield doesn't like Lance Henriksen very much. And it was very f- weird to me. They get killed, but off screen, which was fun. Like you just have it on Schwarzenegger shooting them. Like you see, well, like, yeah, we see. Um, Paul Winfield gets shot, but he's still alive. And then Lance Henriksen starts shooting, and then you see the reaction to it. Yeah, we don't see Lance Henriksen. Uh, Lance Henriksen gets shot, but uh, yeah. Yeah, like you don't see them get prop. Like you, you see them getting shot at by. Like you don't see them actually getting hit. Like hit properly. Like Paul Winfield gets shot, but he's still alive. And then yeah, it's just like oh, they're dead. Like after well, that, they like, they, <laughs> they make up for it in the second film when the black guy dies. We see the moment he dies. Uh, we see every sweat. And every gasp of last breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Miles Dyson, yeah. <laughs> but I really enjoyed those two cops. I thought they were fun. I I liked them. Um, I liked their rapport. I liked the little gag about, give me a cigarette, and he's already got one. Uh, yeah. Paul Winfield. And I liked when he was like, oh, God, okay, I'll talk to the press. You know, maybe they could help. And, and all that was really fun. It added a realism to the world in a good way. It was very fun. There was yeah, and also, go on. also this, like, little element of, like, oh, but they don't know what they're up against. They don't know what they're up against, and nor should they, because mm. he's clearly crazy. Now, my favorite character in the entire Terminator series is Dr. Silberman. Um, mm. I love his journey in the first, in those three films that he's in. I love him. I love him. He's great. He, he was, he was a great thing to keep around for those three, those first three <laughs> films. Um, I love him in the third. He's the best thing about the third film, in which he's recalling the events of the first two films. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, doesn't he, doesn't he like dismiss them? But then he sees the Terminator. Well, or something? Like, he's clearly traumatized about them, but he's like trying to dismiss them as, but they couldn't have happened. No, no too ludicrous and then he sees schwarzenegger with a machine gun and he just runs away as he would that's like one of the only things i remember about that film yeah. it was, hence it was the best thing in it right because it was mm. a good comedy thing unlike woman terminator makes her titties bigger that wasn't a good comedy thing that was because we all like dr silberman because in all realism in all realism he's right these people are crazy like if you think about it like from a real world perspective like you don't know that it's a time travel story he's like yep yeah, they, they're they're both they're all crazy these people are nuts um i love that he leaves the iconic scene like he gets his page and then he leaves and then schwarzenegger comes into the station like he and, he, he and gets his away. act of le- yeah and his act of leaving didn't trigger the alarm yeah. For Schwarzenegger. Yeah, right. Like he could have bumped into him, or who knows? It would have been, uh, it would have been crazy. Although, although when he was when Schwarzenegger was leaving, that didn't trigger the alarm either. No, I guess not. But yeah, plot hole. This one sucks. Plot hole. Wait, which alarm are we speaking about? The one at the entrance of the police station. Oh, is there an alarm there? That well, because up. when Silverman was leaving, like he stopped at the door because something started. Oh, beeping. it's his pager because he had that oh, happen. He had that oh. happen when he was talking to them in the station about Kyle. As My well. mistake. Okay, yeah. film's good again. I'm an idiot. Uh, plot hole. Plot hole. Ding. Cinemasins. Ding ding. 
plot hole. It's in my head. Yeah, dum dum. But I loved um Paul Winfield's character. He was great. I just loved him in the cigarettes. It was very fun. Lance Henriksen is a you know. There's a few people here that are James Cameron staples. Bill Paxton, R.I.P. as the punk guy at the very beginning, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the tire marks on his face, <laughs> which yep. I which I love. I miss Bill Paxton. He was one of those actors like Bartek. You've said that you haven't seen the Alien movies, and he's in Aliens. And Bill Paxton was great. He was always a a breath of fresh air. Like his here's how good Bill Paxton was. He was in Terminator, Aliens, and Predator Two. So he's and Thunderbirds and Thunderbirds and and Twister. Uh, he's in all these. Like, he was in all these iconic franchises or movies or creature features or whatever and he was great and watching it again seeing him here i was just reminded of that we lost such a great talent and it was like oh man bill paxton he was so goofy in this <laughs> but i missed Fuck him you asshole yeah was was he the one that had the wash day line um uh no i think it was the other guy yeah i think so too the, the one that got punched through that guy, he had the wash day line. He got punched through. I kind of wish that the Bill term- Paxton had go on. Bill Paxton had the fuck you asshole thing. Fuck you asshole. I kind of wish that the Terminator movies would be as violent as this one was, where like he punched through a guy and then his fist is like covered in like really dark red blood. And he's got the heart in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I wish that there was more of that. That's yeah. That's another iconic thing. Like, you know, Terminator 2 has its moment of violence, sure, where the T-1000 stabbing people and whatnot, but I don't know, it just, it feels more, like, mmm, like, there's, oof, off-putting in this. Maybe because also Schwarzenegger goes and kills lots of women, (laughs) like, he's just brutally killing women, and very much, and brutally so, like, like, unloads the clip, kind of, kill. But I guess also one of the things is that, like, this threat that not only is in the modern day, despite being, you know, beyond all scientific knowledge, is that um, because of its intelligence, it only really kills things that would get in the way or it thinks that it should kill. Like, there are plenty of scenes where it, like, walks past someone, even with a gun in its hand, and it doesn't kill them just because, you know, it's it's technically blending in at that point. It killed Dick Miller with his own, go- like, at the gun shop. Yeah, because, you know, he would have, you know, called the police or fired on him. So it was like, you know, you'll be in the way. I'll kill you. Uh, you recognize Dick Miller, of course, from Small Soldiers. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see him, and he, he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dick Miller. He was always fun, too. Um, yeah, this movie was uh, was a blast to see again. Okay, my favorite part of the movie, and it always has been, is when he gets to the motel. At the end, Schwarzenegger, when you have the final chase, you know, when he gets there at the little crappy motel and he, like, opens the door and starts shooting and they're not in there. My favorite part of that is that music that plays. Like, we're used to the Terminator music, the da-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun and all those musics. And then the second movie really amps up that music and it's better in the second movie. But my favorite thing is I wish the Terminator franchise kept the zany bizarro 80s music that plays when Schwarzenegger yeah, whenever he chases them. <laughs> Why didn't they keep that throughout the series? I love yeah, that. I, I'd forgotten about it, but it was really good and like really distinct. Like This is the theme of Terminator being after Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. I guess it's because it's not badass. Like Once it gets second movie, 
the Terminator's cool. You know, he's got the leather jacket, he's got the big motorcycle, he's got the shotgun that's inside, the the rifle, the shotgun that's inside the box of roses, he's got the hair, he needs to be awesome. Well, that music's very zany. (laughs) Yeah, but also, I guess it kind of plays more into the horror thriller tone, because, you know, it's like a lot more fast-paced than manic. True, true. Another funny thing when it comes to music is, we know the iconic Terminator lilt and music the da 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 and then like the da 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 I forgot that they used a love ballad version of that when they fucked I did too I forgot that as well (laughs) (laughs) amazing amazing I love it it's a positive that's a ding in a good way ding a point (laughs) in a more immature film the da 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 would have been timed alongside thrusts or something we didn't get thrusts Really? We got lots of boob grabbing and holding hands. Very tastefully done sex scene. Overall. Yeah, a lot of people online a lot of people online apparently say that this is like the one film that needed a sex scene for plot. I mean it did need it for plot. How's she gonna get yeah. pregnant? Plot hole if she didn't by him and because Um, they should have had sex after he died. Uh yeah, they should have um yeah, yeah, they should have done that. You know what? That that's probably what happened in the nineteen ninety one remake. Carl Reese lives in that. Yeah, true, true. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for the nineteen ninety one VHS remake. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> was it even VHS? I don't even know how. It's it shot released. on video. It's yeah. shot on video. Oh, what you think it was a theatrically released movie? You've seen it. <laughs> no, I thought like it'd be like back back alley. Like, hey, we got Terminator. <laughs> yeah, on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think it was on? Betamax? No, um Laserdisc. Laserdiscs. <laughs> they never took off properly, but people have them. Mm. Uh I'm trying to think what else is there to really say cuz this is one of those movies that's so iconic that it kind of just stands on its own. Oh, I like that she had a lizard. Mhm. As Hugsy, a pet, I think his name was. I call him Jub Jub because of the Simpsons <laughs> cuz that's um I can't remember if it's Patty or Selma has that as a lizard pet too, Jub-Jub. Ah, uh, they live together. Uh, it's just you and me now, Jub-Jub. <laughs> I like that we had a jump scare with that lizard when uh, her dumbass roommate, who loves music, by the way, Bartek. That's her I character she does, thing. Actually. She really loves music. Um, and she loves listening to it on headphones so that she doesn't hear her boyfriend being brutally murdered in the other room. Um, or the phone ringing. Or the phone ringing. It's a plot device. That's what it is. Ding, Cinemason. Uh, it's, it's a plot. Uh, it's it's a character flaw. I love that there's a jump scare with a lizard. It, it, I haven't been this absorbed in a jump scare since the boy next door had a jump scare with old Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't... Like, there was a few jump scary type things, but you know what's nice? They didn't have the music sting. It was just like a thing happened. Like when Sarah leaves and she bumps into the the roommate's boyfriend guy. Who was funny too, by the way. Mr. Rehearsed his sex call. <laughs> yeah, put on the wrong person, then once the right person came, just repeated it. No, he was ready. He was ready. He wasn't going to let anything stop him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want to say about the Dominator? I don't know. It's always the thing. I always blow my load really early. Um, I guess we haven't talked much about Kyle Reese. Yes, let's talk about Michael Bean. Michael Bean. Um, I think, and I've already alluded to this a little bit, like, he has a couple of speeches in this film, and I feel like all of them 
even though they are a bit long, all of them are really effective. Like, almost mm. every line he says just adds more to the stakes, to the information, to just everything. Like, even in the silly 1991 remake, which, like, lifts a lot of dialogue, you know, line by line, even if it doesn't make sense for their continuity, like, the lines, I still hear them in the real Kyle Reese's voice. Like, I just think they're really good. And it's so good that they hired Australian actor Jai Courtney to play him in the Genesis movie, you know? Yeah. Well, they got a British guy to play John Connor. Well, yeah, yeah. No, in, in Genesis, they got... Um, in Genesis, they got another Australian to play him as well. Um, they got actor, man. I can't remember his name, but he's always in god-awful movies. Well, British Christian Bale. Christian Bale awesome. played him yeah. in Sa- Salvation. And in Genesis, yeah. they got... Um, oh, you were talking about Genesis, sorry. Yeah, in Genesis, they got Jai Courtney, the Australian, and then they also got the Australian guy again who's... um forgetting his name, but I'm forgetting his name, but he's in uh, the Matthew McConaughey movie, Serenity, about where Matthew McConaughey likes fishing. I'm forgetting that actor's name, but um, Jason something, but he's in a bunch of crap. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Here's, here's the thing too, with Kyle Reese, you know, you said it before, but I kind of disagree. Like him and Schwarzenegger are very different looking guys. You know, he's a smaller, like he's a fit dude, but he's smaller. You know, he's just a normal human man. While Schwarzenegger is like a, an Adonis creature. Like he's not a real. He's Mr. Universe. Mr. Universe. Yeah. You know, he drinks. He doesn't drink milk. That's for pussies. He drinks beer. That's for men. <laughs> um, and some, yeah, stuff like that. But with Kyle Reese, yeah, he's a guy. And what I like too is the flashbacks slash forwards of his life. You know, when he was a, you know, um, living in the Terminator world. And that's the thing that was always interesting about these, these first two, two to three Terminator movies is the 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 hinting at of what the future world is like and then you would naturally assume oh a movie in which we take place in that world would be great but no not really i know there's yeah. a lot of people who love terminator salvation and i feel sorry for those people but um because i think it's fucking garbage to the point in which it made me never want to watch a terminator movie again but i've always thought like it's always interesting in this terminator movie we get to see the world in a very sad light like the little girl watching the tv then you see the shot it's actually a fire inside the tv set was cute Mm. and the dogs and how they're used and just like what a nightmare world and but also like how it's just very upfront like there's a woman that gets exploded and Kyle reese just reacts like another one you know like that's the world they live in and kyle reese doesn't has never had sex or doesn't believe in love because, or hasn't had anyone he's fallen in love with because what's the point? Yeah. And also because he loves her because he has a photo of her, um, which plays nicely into the narrative. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle Reese was good, and it's upsetting that he dies, but of course he has to because he's the dad and he dies before the war. Long before. No, no, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Um, we could say he died in the first battle. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's about all I can think of to say about The Terminator. It's an iconic film for good reason. I think in the long run, 
just to give my wrap up thoughts on it and the series um on a level i think it's br- brutal simplicity is uh, is the charm about it and it's a it's a great thing about it but also in the long run it's also a detriment because you know look at where the terminator series is and you look at where it came from and you kind of go maybe it should have stayed that way as much as i uh, and i love terminator 2 more but like I look at the Terminator and its impact on things, and like I said, it's more annoying to me than it is enjoyable. Um, but as individual films, those first two films are still in, in, in entertaining films. This one is is simple, brutal, and effective, and and uh, I'm glad that it helped launch Schwarzenegger into our eyeballs. Uh, Bartek, final thoughts? Yep, so I'm... Um... <clears throat> I've always been of the opinion that, like, Terminator 2 is the better film, but the first film, I just, you know, I gravitate a bit more towards it. And I, I do jump between the two. Maybe if I rewatch Terminator 2 after this episode, maybe I'll change my mind. Um, but, yeah, the brutal simplicity of it, the the way that they just focus on a few elements and do them really well just really, really sticks with me. Um, I, I very much enjoy this film. And the stuff about, you know, the future films and its impacts, you know, that's that's a conversation beyond just this film. It doesn't really bother me. If they want to have Terminator or whatever, then they can. Uh, I will add, though, that uh, one of the questionable Christmas gifts that I've gotten over the years is that yeah. someone gave me a Terminator Salvation, like, art book or something. So I've got that sitting on my bookshelf and I've never really picked it up. I just kind of see it sometimes and think, oh, yeah, I own that. Yeah, but there, I mean, you know, there is something to be said about those further installments in the Terminator thing, because there does come a point, Bartek, you, you have to question, like, how much of twisting and, and, and contorting an original idea to the point of where it's no longer recognizable, and or there's always that debate or question of, can you take a, a, a thing so far and ruin it, or twist it, or malform it to the point in which the original product is tainted. That's always something that's always in a, a very long debate when it comes to to ongoing series of things. Like, you know, we've seen Sherlock Holmes adapted so many times in so many different ways, and it's like, you know, or or Agatha Christie, all these kind of things have been explored so many times that when you go back to the original source material. Are they tainted in a good or bad way? Those are the kind of things. And the Terminator, unfortunately, is one of those ones where it's like, I think there has been some tainting because of the legacy it has made and the series of movies that have come after it. That you do look at, I look at it and go, oh, I wish that it stopped here, is a thought that Mm. comes into my head. And I shouldn't be thinking that. I should be going, oh, this is fun. But Well, you only think that because you're a dirty milk drinker. Ah, yes, yes. You got me there. So, Vartek, thank you for recommending The Terminator. and uh, Thank you for existing. <laughs> you know, it's uh, fate is what we make, you know. but uh, Dark fate. Dark fate. Okay, so in Dark Fate, Terminator Dark Fate, Schwarzenegger. Spoiler alert for Terminator Dark Fate. Um, I just need to tell you, Vartek, because it's so funny. Yeah, tell me. So, from my understanding, not having seen the film, <laughs> my understanding is uh, The Terminator comes the Schwarzenegger Terminator in that movie is a Terminator that came after Terminator 2. Like, the events of Terminator 2 happen, and they have a CGI de-aged Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong. 
and he just comes mm-hmm. over when they're at like a restaurant or something and just shoots John Connor, thus ending everything. And then the movie's like decades later and Schwarzenegger's robot's still alive and around and now he has a wife and he lives in a cabin in the woods and he feels bad about having killed John Connor. Okay. And now he makes drapes and him and his wife don't have sex because he weighs 400 tons and he's like, our relationship (laughs) is not physical. And he's a joke. (laughs) And he says, I want to be back. And... All of that. That's that's where Terminator Dark Fate came with that. That sounds that sounds like a parody that you'd see in like The Simpsons or something. Doesn't it? My big yeah. thing is like, how did he learn to feel bad? Because in Terminator Two, it's a whole plot device. Like it's a whole plot thing of reworking his brain so that he feels things or learns things. Like they have to fuck with his chip to get him to be able to adapt. That's the yeah, point. The end of his, the end of his character arc is I know now why you cry. I know now why you cry. And but it is up. something I can never do. Thumbs up. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, and um, so that's that Terminator, the Terminator, the Terminator, not the the VHS. Genesis of Terminators. Ah, uh, Terminator Genesis, where it's Genesis is spelt wrong, but whatever, spelt with like a Y. <laughs> so Bartek, it is my pick for a movie next week and i like you tossing up between a couple of different films you know it's ah, a tough like I did, tough yes. tough it's a sophie's choice it, we're not doing yeah, so problem but yeah but, uh, <laughs> i'm going both of them are older films that i was tossing up between very different tonal films but i'm going with my gut and i'm gonna say we're gonna talk about next week a a 1950 movie Okay. With Jimmy Stewart. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you've seen much of Jimmy Stewart. No. If anything. I don't know what you've ever... Maybe a Hitchcock. I don't know. Have you seen anything with Jimmy Stewart? Um, Not that I can recall right now. Was he in Psycho? No. <laughs> then, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we're doing Harvey. 1950 film Harvey with Jimmy Stewart. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Just go in. It's a fun movie. It's a pleasant movie. It's got Jimmy Stewart. Of course it's going to be pleasant. He's a nice guy. He was a nice guy. Even though when you actually look at Jimmy Stewart's filmography, he played a lot of mean people or assholes or drunks as well as just nice guy Jimmy Stewart. But um, Harvey, we're watching that. So Harvey, 1950. Um, Hopefully people can find it easily. We'll be talking about that in depth. Uh, so that will be that. Bartek, a pleasure as always to be podcasting with you yet again. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Uh, Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Do you think the Terminator is fully functional? Like, do you think it can fuck? It can learn to, or at least simulate it. Because it's a cyborg. Um, Let's not forget. (laughs) That was a big thing. They keep using that that term... Well, he is by the logic of yeah. the movie. Yeah, in, in a, it's a weird twist of it, like it's a mach- it's part human, part machine, but the the human part's the artificial part. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very weird. But uh, Bartek, uh, podcast with you soon again, again very soonly. Can the listening people find us anywhere? Where can they find us online? Online is where they can find us. And specifically online, you can go and search for us on YouTube, Podbean, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and many, many others. Typically, if you can just Google uh, Spit and Polish Presents, you'll probably find us anywhere. And you can also contact us on Twitter at Spit and Polish, uh, at Spit Polish Pre, but full name's there. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. We do a lot of stuff there. We, we're always looking for recommendations. You can post them to us there. Or you can email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. That's spitandpolished at gmail.com. Yep, all the information's in the description as well. So have fun with that. So until next time, listening people, remember to be kind to each other, but also that if you are listening to music with headphones on, you know, be careful, okay? Because there could be a lizard could jump out at you and go ooga booga, and then you'd be like, oh, I'll get you. And then before you know it, your boyfriend's dead, and then you've been shot like a million times. Yeah. Good thing that we never do that. <laughs> Fucking idiots. I would also condemn anyone that podcasts with headphones on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Wait a second. That's what we're doing. Bartek, watch out. There's a lizard. 